This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Apparently, according to the premier, summer camp's going to be open this summer. We're sharing camp stories. Go ahead. You're on with Taz and Jim. Yeah, I have a, a story, a camp story. I was a parent um, chaperone on a school trip. Okay. And what happened at the camp? Okay. So it was a grade eight trip and um, a couple of our parents um, created a dummy and we hung it in the woods and then we went down into the woods and we were telling um, ghost stories and we had another parent standing in the woods chopping with an axe and the kids are getting scared. And then at one point in the, um, in the ghost story, we cut a rope and the dummy swung down (laughs) and all the kids freaked out and screamed and, um, at that camp, the kids normally slept in covered wagons, and that night, it was the last night, we had most of the kids in the cabins with the parents all night long. Yeah, <laughs> and whose fault was that? <laughs> You're supposed to be the fun. chaperones. You're uh-huh. there to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen. Uh, we were a bad group of chaperones. <laughs> <laughs> Did the parents smuggle maybe a little uh, a, a little booze into the camp? Or? Um, I, I don't remember, maybe. <laughs> It was a long time ago. Yeah, that's that's a, one way to traumatize a child. Congratulations. Yeah, they, they still talk about it. Yeah, I bet the they do. <laughs> Remember the time that our parents convinced us we were all going to die at camp? <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the story. I guess it's a rite of passage. Yeah, right? pretty toughen those kids up, I bet. <laughs> I dummy. What did they do? Where was the dummy the rest of the week? You know, Don't you think it was up, like hanging there with a rope <laughs> around its neck the whole time until they chopped the rope? Uh, one of the parents went went to the trouble of bringing a dummy to the camp. <laughs> Setting it up. Just to scare him on that final night. <laughs> We're sharing camp stories. Chuck, you've got one for us? Well, it was a fun camp when I was in the, in the, in the Cub Scouts way back when. We were camping in Camp Nemo, and one of the kids was deathly afraid of snakes, so you can imagine the whole tent. Guys grabbed as many garter snakes and whatever we could find, and when he was sleeping, we threw the, put the snakes in his sleeping bag, then waited. Oh, my God. You guys You've are terrible. Anybody. You've never met anybody seen anybody run in terror worse than that kid. And was that young man named Indiana Jones? <laughs> no, it wasn't, but you... <laughs> But uh, I remember watching that thing go all up. It made me think of that. Every time I see a snake, I think of that story. I hate snakes. Oh, I love snakes. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I no, them. but the guy, you, I'm sure the guy who had his sleeping bag full of them does not like snakes to this day. Oh, no, no, he was terrified. Right. Even the tiniest little snake going, but say we, you know, being in the... Yeah, it, it doesn't you know, matter what size snake. snake you wake up with on your face. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be an experience that you remember fondly. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe they should keep the summer camps closed. <laughs> One of the uh, the great voices in rock and roll was silenced four years ago today on May 18th, 2017. Chris Cornell was found dead in his hotel room in Detroit at the MGM Grand. And we broke the news to our listeners. Some of them very, very upset when they heard. I mean, uh, they had just performed at the the Fox Theater in Detroit, Soundgarden, Chris Cornell back with Soundgarden. They were on stage hours before his death, and some of our listeners were actually there. I was at the show last night. Were you really? I dragged my ass to work this morning. I wasn't going to come to work this morning, and then I come in, I turn on my computer, and I'm like, what? You, you just saw him. 
I just I just watched these guys a couple hours ago. Like, this, how does this happen? How how did Chris Cornell see him on stage last night at the Fox Theater? He was actually he was amazing last night on stage. Like he, it didn't seem like anything was wrong with him. I didn't see anything wrong. I mean, I was maybe twelve rows back from the stage, and I mean, he did not seem off at all. Man, are you lucky? You you saw Chris Cornell's final performance. I know, and I'm, like I said, I'm still in, I'm in shock. <laughs> I bet. I mean, that makes things pretty real for you when you physically just saw this man hours ago. Right. Uh, what was the What was the highlight of the show last night? Uh, what was the highlight of the show? Um, <laughs> actually getting to see Soundgarden. I've never actually seen Soundgarden. Like, I've seen Chris Cornell solo. I've seen Audio Slave. But now I've seen Soundgarden, and obviously it's the last time I'm ever going to see Soundgarden with Chris Cornell. Yeah, save that ticket, man. That's a that's a rock and roll uh, piece of history there. It's going to be a, a dark day for a lot of people, so I don't know if anyone's requested Fell on Black Days yet. But I think that would be <clears throat> very good for today. Um, I know another great uh, song that he did, <clears throat> one of my first bands I got into was Alice in Chains, and uh, their EP, Sap has this one song called Right Turn on it, and there's these haunting backing vocals to Lane Staley's already haunting voice. And it's Chris, Chris Cornell. <laughs> and it really, it's, it's a great song. I know it's an obscure song, but it's a great song. And, it, and those lovely voices have been silenced. And so is Scott Whalen. And so is Kurt Cobain. And so help me God, Eddie Vedder, if you ever do anything stupid, I don't know what I do with the 90s anymore. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a dark day for everybody. Some audio from our show four years ago today when we found out Chris Cornell uh, had passed and his music, just a huge part of so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. The, the great thing is it lives on. His music is as powerful as it ever was. And you heard that one listener mention, he saw him on stage, didn't look like anything was wrong. That is often the case with people who are suffering internally. Mental illness is is a terrible thing. And if you need someone to talk to, if uh, you're struggling on a daily basis and everyone sees you from the outside, doesn't think anything's wrong, but you want to talk to somebody about what's going on inside, you can call 833-456-4566. That's Canada's Suicide Prevention Service. 833-456-4566. Hey, remember that huge casino? It was like an underground casino uh, in Markham, Ontario that was busted last summer. Yeah, of course, in the mansion. And we were like, we were looking at the photos and we wanted to be invited. <laughs> we never were. The pl- yeah, it was it was a big mansion, right? Yeah, like, it looked like a really nice place. It was like a huge, like Scarface type looking mansion. We're like out in the front. There's like sports cars all parked around the circle laneway. Just a massive Pillars, place. Marble. Um, yeah, there, there's more more coming out about this story because just to, just to kind of show you how big of an operation this was, there was slot machines, mahjong tables, full cash bar with thousands of bottles of top shelf alcohol, and a full banking area. <laughs> it was a casino. Yeah, I'm picturing like the bank teller thing, you know, the pen on the chain, you can't even take it out, you know, it's just like uh-huh. completely legit, except yeah, they the didn't ca- have any licenses. You need a cashier. <laughs> 
course. Right? If you're running a casino. Yeah, when you're playing with that much money. Well, you know, we, we thought they were going to throw the book at them last year because they got busted with all of this evidence, right? Yeah. Well, new headline just came out. Charges dropped. In Mansion Gaming Bus, defense alleges cops planted evidence and stole watches. No. Apparently, uh, a gun hand... Look, this is what the defense is allegedly saying. A gun holster was planted and two uh, $450,000 watches... Oh, sorry. In total, a couple watches worth four hundred. Oh, that's completely different, Jim. <laughs> you know, everybody's got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch kicking yeah, around, but yeah. a five hundred thousand dollar watch—that's <laughs> that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this really so bothers me. A cop me. stole the watches. They're saying the, yeah, the defense. That's what they're saying because apparently there was a couple of. I guess what you do when you're when you're. Um, you know, when you bust a place like this, you take pictures before you enter the room. And then you take pictures after you leave the room as part of police protocol. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there were watches on a nightstand when they entered the room and not watches on the n- nightstand when they left the room in the corresponding photos. Again, this is what the defense is saying. Well, they've dropped the charges, so you'd think there's some sort of validity to... I guess so. something. Something's happened here. This just really, really <laughs> bothers me. If you have, I, I think, I know some people who have a slot machine in their house as like a novelty thing. There's the little guy. Yeah, well, yeah. you got a slot machine, Bar collector's top. item, mm-hmm. you put money in, it doesn't actually pay out, blah, blah, blah. But when you've got aisles of slot machines that when you put money in, you can win money. Yeah. Oh, they, and armed guards. Right. What more evidence do you need <laughs> That they're running a casino. Well, that's all it takes is, you know, you know, rightfully so, you know, the justice system needs to have these things in there so cops just aren't planting evidence. But it's also the oldest trick in the book when it comes to organized crime is you get a a cop to do something just kind of not by the book Uh so that all of these massive charges are dropped. So you think they may have had a a guy on the inside. I'm not going to say that. I don't. But I've I've watched enough movies that that is like a go-to move. Uh Uh-huh. Just ask Martin Scorsese. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> it did happen. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But boy, what a breath or like a sigh of yeah. relief this gangster guy must be. Uh, they you know, sure going caught a break. Right yeah, huh? the illegal casino guys caught a real break here. Mm-hmm. They get to like imagine the cops now have to wheel back. The 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 casino like the shell slot machines. <laughs> uh, no, the slot machine goes on the left. Yeah, no, right. You gotta put everything back. Yeah, (laughs) put it back where you found it, guys. How about the cop who's showing up for work this morning with a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar watch on his wrist and he sees this headline? (laughs) Slowly buttoning his shirt up. (laughs) Yeah, pulling his sleeves down. (laughs) Okay, we might have a little insight here. We're talking about this uh, mansion casino that got busted last year in Markham. They were running a full-on casino with Mahjong and uh, all sorts of gaming tables, slot machines out of this mm-hmm. big uh, big old mansion. Full bar, full bank. The, the, ch- the charges have been dropped in this case, and the defense alleges that somebody stole a couple of watches that were worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and that somebody also may have planted a holster. So we just instantly thought, oh, the charges are dropped. It probably has something to do with with those watches getting stolen. Maybe not the case. What do you think, Taz and Jim? Hey, I just wanted to give you some input on that uh, that court case there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say who I work for, but I work for a local police here. Uh-huh. 
the stuff like that usually happens when they they make deals to get the higher fish, right? So you don't think the watches being stolen has anything to do with the charges being dropped? No, I don't think so. I think I think they're going for the, the kingpins that are on top of the pyramid, right? Somebody's ratting. Yeah, it happens all the time. People roll over. They they make deals with the lower fish to get the bigger ones, right? So okay, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying that they weren't stolen, but it just you know sure. People, people are always too negative against what the police are doing when it's probably a bigger scheme, right? Yeah, there there could be more to the story. We're gonna have to wait until uh, Martin Scorsese writes his uh, screenplay. <laughs> Exactly. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. This really does sound like this probably would make a great movie, this whole sure. this whole caper. Well, yeah, because if the, the pandemic ca- casino. <laughs> and if this guy is right, it makes me very uncomfortable that the guy who owns the underground casino mansion isn't the kingpin. What does the kingpin own? The CN Tower? Like, how much bigger do you get than yeah. mansion casino guy? I hope that gentleman who just called us is not undercover. <laughs> he blew it right away. Uh, I'm not going to say who I work for, but I work for a local police here. <laughs> Steve! Hey, man. <laughs> Are you a cop? Well, I'm not going to say that I'm a cop, but I do work for the local police. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm an officer, but let's just say they know me pretty good down at the local police station. <laughs> uh, my name's Gary, but you can call me Officer G. <laughs> I don't work for the police. <laughs> Got out on a nice little bike ride yesterday, Jim. Nice. Grayson, my four-year-old son, on the back of the trail, a bike. So it's a little attachment, a little bike that he rides that's hooked onto mine. I, I'm a little sad um, because he started riding his own bicycle by himself now. Did he? Good yeah. man. Um, but that may mean that our trail of bike days are behind us. You're going to miss those? 100%. Yeah. I feel like it would just, there's so much going on and it's probably hard to turn that it'd be nice to just yeah, Truly, go on a tour it's, together. You don't even notice that you have them back there, which mm. is not good sometimes. Which it's, is when you're hopping those curbs. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a couple times where I forget he's back there and I go, I, I jump off a curb and like, <laughs> as my front wheel's going off, I'm like, oh, hold on, buddy. Hang <laughs> on, pal. Should have pumped the brakes before going over those railroad tracks. Yikes. Oh, Hang yeah. Tight. <laughs> is, uh, is there a seatbelt in there? No. <laughs> no, it's like a, it's a, he, he pedals behind me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it's one wheel with yeah, a yeah. bar that comes up. And Not a, the carriage thing. Yeah, he's got handle, he's got handlebars. Yeah, yeah. And he's, it looks like a bicycle built for two. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I can picture it. And he loves it. He's like the, he's like the king of England back there. He just, he's looking around, taking in the scenery, waving at everybody. Stiff-handed wave, yeah. <laughs> He rings his bell just to make sure everyone knows we're coming. Hey, how you doing? How are you? <laughs> and people love seeing it too. They love yeah. the, the little guy on the back is uh, is a good visual. People yeah. seem to get a kick out of it. And I guess it's easier to kind of control the kid too when he's stuck on you because now it's like Grace, slow down, or like keep up, or don't go over there. Well, I, I only have to yell at him when we're going up hills. Because you could tell if he's pedaling or if he's not pedaling. And I've got a mirror, so I can see him. I'm like, are you pedaling, buddy? He's like, yes, daddy. I'm like, I can see you. You're not pedaling. Pump those knees. <laughs> I I always, I got my daughter, I guess. <laughs> so if Grayson's uh, on his own bike, I can throw Amelia back there. Yeah, and when the kids move out, I'll, I'll sit back there for you. <laughs>
<laughs> when the bars reopened, Jim, we got a lot of beers to drink this summer to support True. the local economy. I promise I'll pump my legs <laughs> up those hills, Daddy. <laughs> Come on, Jim. To hell. Uh, yeah, you're, you are sitting downwind. Oh, no. <laughs> I can imagine that. how much sweat is like flying off the back tire. The view from back there is not the best. Yeah. I'm sure that's a, that was a big motivator in Grayson learning to ride his own bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I have to look at your ass anymore, Dad? No? Okay, here, let me give this thing a try. Pew! Takes I've off first try. lower back hair for my entire life. When did you get a tramp stamp, Daddy? <laughs> a woman is going viral on TikTok right now. She broke up with her boyfriend. She's 24 years old, lives in Germany. Broke up with her boyfriend, and she wasn't happy about it. She wanted to uh, let him know what he had missed out on. So she bought a wedding dress, hired a wedding photographer, got her hair done, bought a bouquet of flowers, put her friends in bridesmaids' dresses, and hired a model to pose as a fake groom. And she took a bunch of pictures, making it look like she got married to some other guy, and she posted them on social media to get her ex-boyfriend jealous. Brilliant or terrifying? Jim, what do you think? It's a, well, it's terrifying, like, as, but he did get away already, so it's good. But that's not a way to make Well, hold a, on. Did they get back together because of this? I hope not. No, they didn't. No, that's not... No, don't go... Full, <laughs> to make somebody jealous, don't go full-blown wedding. That's like, especially if you like moved on super quick, that's weird. Go to Italy, go to Paris, you know, take up photos with the, with with the some model. other hot person. Yeah, yeah, go on a vacation. Don't like spend a bunch of money. Uh, the guy did send a b- bunch of angry texts when he saw the photos. So obviously it was like a gut punch. Oh my God, she got married already to some other guy. Hmm. Called five times. Um, and she said, it just happened really fast. But in real life, she's still single. Wow. So she's a psycho, but so are all the bridesmaids. You know, everybody who took part in this Anyone charade who is all her? crazy. How much of this is really, was she trying to get revenge, and how much did she see an opportunity to get likes on social media? And even when this was revealed as a like ex-revenge? Yeah. Yeah, she knew she was going to get the clout out of it. Fake wedding. It'd be mm. expensive, man. Or at least someone's supporting the, the wedding industry. They've been <laughs> suffering over the past year. It's been a tough season. It has. Yeah. You know, if you're not, if you don't have a real wedding uh, coming up, mm-hmm. support the uh, support the economy by throwing yourself a fake one to make your exes jealous. Been tough for models too. No runway shows. I mean, let's help. <laughs> let's help some models out too and hire more models. Yeah, support the models. Support <laughs> the wedding planners and the dressmakers. Have yourself a little. Fake Instagram wedding photo mm. shoot. Hey, this is ridiculous. There is a uh, a new Land Rover that is available for purchase where you can get the detailing pre-rusted. So the vents on your brand new car are pre-rusted. So they're using rust as an accent color on a car. This is like pre-distressed jeans Exa- in a vehicle form. Exactly. It's like buying your jeans and they're ripped and they look like they, they're they're 20 years old, but yeah. you just bought them from the store brand new. That's correct. On a Land Rover, that, lo- that sounds stupid. It looks stupid. I have seen certain muscle cars or old trucks 
where they do that and it kind of looks cool because you're going for like if it's a classic car the vintage look you, you want it to have a little you want patina. it to run light but you want it to look like it just backed out of an old barn and it hasn't moved in 30 years i think that's what they're going for but to put like a 2021 land rover with rust on it is stupid yeah it's got the rust on the uh, two vents on the side um and they they seal the rust in <laughs> So, the, so it's real rust. Well, I guess they they seal it to keep that fresh rust look. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's like an old school, it's supposed to be like a mud running Land Rover. I I guess, but why not just buy a new one, earn the rust yourself? Yeah, it's so much cooler. Well, that's it. It's the same thing with the jeans. You can buy the jeans with the rips in them, with paint stains all over the. Yeah, jeans. that's right, paint stains. And for whatever reason, the ripped jeans cost more than the jeans with no holes in them. <laughs> You know, it's it's rich people uh, wanting want, to look poor, wanting to look like they they've earned it. You didn't earn that rust. You didn't earn those gene holes. Huh. What's next? At what point are we going to get to uh, to to the the point in society where people are getting plastic surgery on their hands? To have them look like working man hands. <laughs> Give them all artificial calluses. Right. Like, look at my hands, Jim. They're like Soft. pillows. Yeah. Soft pillow hands. When I go in, I see my uh, my surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come out, I got scars, calluses. Yeah, get a cut like a on couple, your knuckle and then seal it in. Couple leathery mitts. That's what I'm looking for. Because right <laughs> now, it's just, you know, I've got the rusty Land Rover. I've got the ripped jeans. But my hands, people can tell that I'm not really working yeah. hard. Yeah. Oh, dude, imagine the respect you would command with handshakes after that surgery. Yeah. I, I guarantee in our lifetime we're going to see that. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. Guys are getting pec implants, you know? It's just the yeah. next logical thing. Calf implants? Yeah. I might as well get the, the working man hand surgery. My pillow hands <laughs> converted into rough... It's sandpaper. honestly, write this down. It's happening. Yeah. It's for sure Put happening. It, well, we need a vault where we just drop all our predictions. Mm-hmm. The I told you so, Taz and Jim, I told you so vault. I'm going to start it. I will start it. Okay. Put that one on the list. So okay. people in our lifetime will be getting surgeries on their hands. Man hands. To make it look like they have working man hands. <laughs> Rusty new cars. This is a segment we call, no, this is for real. <laughs> Got a got a preface before we give you this story. This is this is true. This is not a joke. We are making up. A new study in Japan has found that humans might be able to breathe through their butts. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. How did this even come up as a study? Well, I gotta love it. The, the scientists uh, found that certain types of fish can absorb oxygen through their intestines to stay alive in emergencies. So scientists want to find out if mammals could do it too. Um, And the answer is yes, at least with rats. They gave rats oxygen-rich enemas to see if their butts absorbed it. Really? Interesting. That'd be a cute little enema tube, wouldn't it? (laughs) Just looks like some soda water, I'm assuming. A tiny little tube? How do you get it? (laughs) What do you do for a living? I'm a scientist. (laughs) What'd you do today? I gave some rats enemas. (laughs) With oxygenated water. Uh, Yeah. They they, uh, haven't tried it on humans yet, Hmm. but they assume it'll go the same way. 
And they say it could lead to new emergency treatments if people can't get enough oxygen the normal way. They could get their uh, their oxygen levels up in their blood with uh, a, a rectal procedure. Because huh. I'm pretty good at exhaling. I just haven't been able to inhale yet. <laughs> Halfway there. <laughs> yeah, that's I know. Amazing. I know I can blow bubbles underwater with, <laughs> with like, my butt. That's how turtles breathe, right? Underwater, that's what they leave. Hey, really? Well, what good are mouths anymore? <laughs> butts are taking over. We oh. we know you can chug with butts. True. Butt chugging was a uh, a trend that came to light a couple years ago. People, Unfortunately, yep, yeah, were irresponsibly funneling beers and alcohol with their butts. Would not recommend. Uh-huh. Uh, gets you there way too quick. You generally overdose on alcohol. Have you tried it? No, but everybody who does it like has to get their stomach... Pu- or I don't even know. They have to go to the hospital, though, I'm pretty sure. Just the way you described it there, it was like Jim's butt chugging. Would not home. recommend! Oh, boy. I, Let uh, me tell you. Yeah, you thought COVID was bad. <laughs> oh, you'll be laid up for weeks. Uh, but yeah. Sweet. Is there anything butts can't do? <laughs> I wonder if anybody's going to really try this, like maybe train themselves, maybe like a really world-class saxophone player who like <laughs> wants to be able to play that long note forever. Because there's got to be some benefit, maybe a scuba diver. <laughs> a saxophone player. <laughs> play a little careless whisper. <laughs> Never have to breathe in. I wish I had that clip right now. <laughs> <laughs> little Baker Street. Yeah. Anyone want to volunteer? They 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 want need to find out in Japan whether or not we can breathe through our butts. That's the study. I would volunteer for the uh the trials, but I'm asthmatic. Wanna see you it's Taz and Jim, joined by our sports guy, Devin Peacock. Hey, Dev. Hey, guys. We're talking football. Uh, you are a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, but you're starting to uh, notice a little side action that's caught your eye down in Detroit. Yeah, Detroit Lions head coach uh, Dan Campbell's got some energy to him. He's got a little zip, a little pizzazz, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> That's I, one I, way to put it. <laughs> I, I'm picking up what he's putting down. Now, before I tell you what he wants to do now, I think we need to go back a couple months to when he was hired and this happened. Lions coach Dan Campbell. This team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. All right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Yeah, he's got some spunk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, he, he's got some intensity. So now, uh, what he would love to do, he was saying the other day, is he would love to have a pet lion at the team facilities to motivate the players. And he has gone to the Lions' (laughs) owner to ask if they could have a pet lion. So this is not at the games. Like, he doesn't want to bring a lion out at halftime and 
and do a circle with a trainer around the field to get the fans going. He wants to have this lion at all times at the facility, like to help them run drills. Or... Chase him down the field, oh, yeah. <laughs> up that forty time. You could no. He just he wants them because they're the lions. He said, you know, just have a legit pet lion on a to quote him big ass chain, and <laughs> <laughs> to have it just walk around the building. You go to practice. He's there. He's behind the kicker when he's kicking. Just to have the lion there as motivation. Uh, you know what they say about big cat people. If we learned anything from Tiger King, they are the most normal, grounded, down-to-earth, regular people on the planet. So it doesn't really <laughs> surprise me that a chill dude like Dan Campbell wants to have a lion at the practice facility. <laughs> we're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right? Thanks, Dev. Uh, Jim, a sport right now that's more violent than football has got to be collecting Pokemon cards. I want to be the very best like no one ever was. To catch them is my real Global news story. Demand for Pokemon cards has soared during the pandemic, leading to limited supplies and a scorching hot market that is driving some people in North America to erratic and violent behavior. Really? McDonald's is currently including Pokemon cards, special packs with Happy Meals. They had to uh, issue a statement and set a reasonable limit on number of Happy Meals sold per customer because fans have been going to extreme lengths to get them and reselling Pokemon cards online for hundreds of dollars. That, okay, that seems fair game. I mean, if you want to pay for it, why can't you order 20 Happy Meals? Yeah, I mean, you'd think they'd be money. happy about that. Yeah. Um, a number of retailers in the States have stopped selling Pokemon cards altogether because violence has been breaking out between uh, people who are in the store all, all trying to catch them all, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the the staff. They've been getting violent with staff. Really? So, um, Target says the safety of our guests and our team is top priority. Out of an abundance of caution, we've decided to temporarily suspend the sale of Pokemon trading cards as well as MLB, NFL, and NBA cards within our stores. Hmm. I guess continue can continue to shop for these cards at Target dot com. So you can buy them online, but they don't want uh, fights breaking out in the stores. EB Games has done something similar, reduced the number of Pokemon card packs a person can buy online. Really? One per customer. I, I thought you were a Pokemon guy. You don't know what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I'm not a Poke. I, I was a Pokemon guy. Like I knew, like I used to watch the show and play the video game. I, I Sorry, I don't keep tabs on what's going on in the card community these days. But it's, it's unbelievable that this Pokemon has stayed relevant for 30 years, so much so that people are still fighting over it. It's crazy. Give me that Charizard. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I never, I missed the whole Pokemon craze, so I was never into it. But to me, the whole, someone explained it to me, like now buying packs of cards, it's like playing the lottery where you know that in there there's one rare card that is going to be worth thousands, if not more, and everyone's just buying up these boxes hoping to get these rare cards, Mm -hmm. and they'll do anything they can to get them. 
Yeah, so there, but imagine you like beat the crap out of a kid and you take three of his packages and it's like you don't even get anything, right? Because like the, the vast majority of the time you're coming up with just a bunch of Pidgeotos and you know, your standard Charmander, worth nothing. Yeah. So you're beating these kids up and basically like getting eight dollars out of the transaction. I don't know if it's kid on kid violence or there's like a. You think it's adults? I don't know if it's an adult beating up a kid. Well, I'm picturing like teenagers, to be honest. Yeah, I thought you were picturing like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Just hoofing a ten year old, knocking kids out (laughs) to get get his cards. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly. In Canada, apparently Pokemon supplies are okay, and we haven't heard of any big fights breaking out this side of the border, (laughs) probably because we're not allowed to go into stores right now. But uh, down in the States, yeah, watch your back if you're hunting Pokemon. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.